Welcome to the Stacking Slabs podcast. Join Brett to get the latest sports cards investment advice, hear from industry experts that are deep in the trenches, and find out when to turn left when the rest of the market is going right. Get eBay ready, get PayPal ready. Let's be students of the game and stack those slabs. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs, your hobby content alternative. I am your host, Brett McGrath, B2B marketer, sport card collector, an investor, and professional wrestling fan. How are you doing? How's your week going? Hopefully you are off to a good start. If you're listening to this on Wednesday when it drops, what is up? If you're listening to it after the fact, how you doing? I am really, really excited. I'm pumped. I'm really optimistic. I'm, you know, enjoying sports cards, much like each and everyone out there listening. I got to say, I'm coming off the heels of maybe my favorite meal of 2021. The food was good. The company was even better. Man, I love ticking back to a normal lifestyle, going out, grabbing some food, hanging out with friends, catching up. It is awesome. I dined at the world famous St. Elmo's Steakhouse here in Indianapolis, Indiana. And if you are, um, if you are ever in town and you were to ask, ask me, where's the spot? Where should I go grab some grub? It's always at St. Elmo's. Shout out to St. Elmo. Shout out to everyone who's been there. You know that shrimp cocktail is on fire. We got that last night. It'll light you up, clean up your nostrils. Um, enjoyed the steak, enjoyed the company. That is an iconic establishment here in Indianapolis um, and loved every minute of it last night. I am sitting here recording. I've got a ton to say, and it is, you know, much like these Wednesday episodes, it's kind of all over the place, but there's some topics I certainly want to cover. I want to get to it. Um, Before we do, from the top, I want to say first, thank you to Jake, 90s basketball cards. Check out that YouTube channel if you're not already. Um, I hopped in his show last week, did a little recording. Um, I think it will drop. It drops the week this episode goes out. So go check out Jake's channel, one of the good dudes in the hobby for that conversation. And, you know, I, I'm usually the one asking the questions, but I like being on the other side of it. And I like you know, the conversation not being over scripted or produced. I like just having a real and authentic uh, conversation about cards and life. And that's what we did on Jake's show. And one of the things that I talk about a lot here on the show, and we got into the conversation around it. And I'm not really sure what Jake asked me, but what triggered it. But I figured I talked about it on his show. And it's a good reminder here is that just always, we should always be looking after ourselves in the hobby above all else. Um, We need to look after our, you know, physical and mental health, all that we can. I think taking care of those two things are critical. I, um, that's something we, 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 Jake and I were talking about pandemic and I was talking about just all the activity interactions and just life and work and how all of these things build up. And, you know, if, if it's a hobby that we're enjoying, we should be enjoying it and we shouldn't 
um, get down in the weeds and a bunch of negativity and get spun up and caught up in a bunch of he said, she said stuff. Um, that can, that, that, that spirals for a lot of people. And I think you gotta, you gotta make sure those things are going to happen, but you're mentally in a place that, um, you're prepared and you're enjoying the hobby. And so I just want to just call that out from the top, make sure above all else, people say things, people do things that are questionable all the time in the hobby. Don't let it get to you. Um, you can't really control what other people are saying or doing, focus on yourself. That's something that I constantly have to remind myself um, at, and I can't just say, you know what? I feel like it's in my power to go do something about it. I've I've learned um, as stacking slabs has grown, you got to be really good at not letting what other people say get to you. And if someone's saying something consistently, consistently, just you know, it's, I think it's okay to engage in it. I think it's okay to recognize and, um, you know, you, you, you can't, you can't help the helpless, but you know, what you can do is be positive. And that's just a reminder. And I've had some situations this week where I had to remind myself that. So I wanted to shout that out, out from the top. A couple other things here. Um, I just want to say, I want to shout out Kashik and the Iron Sheik episode. I think I got a ton of really good feedback on that one. It was good. I love those types of conversations and those personal stories about buying, selling, trading uh, mentality in the hobby. And I think that conversation um, brought a lot of those to the forefront. A lot of good feedback on that one. So I will be focusing in on having a lot of conversations around, you know, how to level up, uh, conversations around prepping for shows. Uh, so those are the types of things that I want to be bringing to my Friday show. And I just got to say, I'm pumped that the Iron Sheik delivered there. Um, really good conversation. I have been really thinking, I've been watching NBA. We all have been watching NBA. How could you not? I'm enjoying some hoops, enjoying basketball, uh, you know, I regret a little bit. Jake, Jake asked me, um, actually I asked him, I said he, at the end of his show, he says like, what's your question? What's your question of the day? And so I asked him like, uh, well, who do you think the finals MVP is going to be? Which obviously if you ask that question, you got to think like, all right, well first, like who are the teams that are going to be there and who is the player that is, or who's going to win and then who's going to be, the MVP of that. And so we got into that conversation. I'm, I, you know, I regret a little bit. I, I said, you know, I gave him the chalk answer. I said, Kevin Durant, but you know, I think at this point there are a lot of options and a lot of opportunities on who is going to prevail and who is going to come out of their respective conferences. I, uh, I'm excited. I think there's been some good and maybe not so good basketball, but it's fun to see, these stars blooming. And I think the NBA, it's, it's unpredictable at this point. And I'm just sitting back. I have no dog in the race. I'm just hoping that we continue to get some more good basketball games. But one of the things I am spending a lot of time focusing on is the, the, the NFL. And it is not a season. It is a year round deal. And I feel like I have been um, in a year round of collecting and buying and selling um, football cards. That's been one of my primary focuses. And I'm going to talk about that a little more, but 
taking a step back and zooming out and looking at some of the week one matchups that we're going to get, it's just absolutely outstanding. I got to say, first and foremost, my Indianapolis Colts have a battle right out of the gates at home. We have not won a home or a, excuse me, a week one matchup since I think it's 2013. And I was at the game when, when we uh, took down uh, the mighty Terrell Pryor in the Raiders. Um, sorry about that to captain 37. If you're uh, listening to that, I, I don't know if you remember that game or not, but it's been a while we've struggled in week one and we're, it's, we're going to be put to the test. Us Colts fans, we got the Hawks, Russ Wilson's coming in town. It's going to be a, a, a battle. I think, uh, you know, I'm very optimistic, obviously about the Colts, maybe more optimistic than I have been in, in several years. I, uh, when I'm not doing sports cards, when I'm not doing, uh, you know, collecting vinyl, when I'm not um, watching wrestling, I'm I'm spending a lot of time in looking at my team, and my team is the Colts, and assessing the players, assessing the depth charts, getting ready for camp, getting ready for, um, you know, learning what local media is saying, um, digging in, listening to what the players are saying, and you know, my analysis at this point, and of course. I am an honest person and I will tell it how it is, but I, I'm, I'm very, very bullish and optimistic based on the talent and depth of this team. Um, so I'm excited for this year. I, uh, I, had a, I got invoiced by the Colts. I had to pay a, a, a little bit extra because of the extra game and the extra game that we have just so happens to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at home. So how you doing, Tommy? Um, but I'm pumped. I love football. I think one of the things that caught my eye this week as I was looking through the week one matchups is, man, you look at that, that week one matchup, Tennessee versus the, the Cardinals, and you know I'm a Kyler Murray guy. Um, but you look at that matchup and you take a step back. Obviously, Julio just went to Tennessee. Let's just look at this. And I, I know like if you're out there, you're going to say that there's these other guys on these teams too that are good. There, There is, but we're talking about just like, the sheer level of like WR number one or top guys at this position for a long time, Larry Fitzgerald, AJ Green, DeAndre Hopkins, Brown, Julio, goodness. There is a lot of receivers in that game. So that's exciting. All you fantasy people, get your popcorn ready. But I am pumped up for the NFL season to be getting going, baby. And football cards, too. We're going to talk a little bit more about that. And specifically, here's a little teaser alert. I'm going to talk about a specific a specific uh, football card um, parallel that, you know what, I think needs some airtime and some coverage. So I talked about it, and I, I mentioned it on um uh, Jake's show. So we're going to talk a little bit about 1997 precious metal gems football. You know, I have that Marvin Harrison. I'm going to talk about it a little further in that and talk about what I'm seeing and maybe a little bit of opportunity there for any of you football fanatics. If you're not signed up for the weekly rip, what are you doing? Go check it out. I had fun th- this past week talking about the Jeremy Lee at Sports Cards Live, shout out to Jeremy and Nat Turner. I think that was a conversation that had a lot of waves going on in the hobby, and it was cool. Like I did 
it was a big deal. And I got to shout out Victory Investments for that banger of an opener on Jeremy's new show. And it is an honor for Stacking Slabs to get some representation on the intro of that show. And I know he's had some amazing guests and he had to whittle it down. So Jeremy, brother, thank you for including me on that opening. I love your show and I'm going to be tuning in tonight. Definitely good night. Um, we'll plug it right here. We've got uh, Women of the Hobby, Sam. We got Christina's PC, Christina. Go check that show out. I know I'm going to be tuned in and watching. Um, I love Jeremy's content, and if I can plug it into the Weekly Rip, I'm going to. But then that conversation was awesome. Two different level buckets in this conversation. You had Nat the Collector, and you had Nat the Chairman of Collector's Universe. And I just, I like listening to, obviously, his collecting and passion around our hobby, but I love um, learning or listening to the communicator or the business operator, maybe even more. Um, And maybe that's because, uh, you know, I... I, I, I'm fascinated by um, acquisitions. I'm fascinated by moves that are made. I'm fascinated by how they're communicated out. And I think just the fact that this is happening in our hobby for me could be, this could be reported on, you know, there could be a whole show dedicated to the happenings of PSA and what was going on on a day-to-day basis. And I would be sitting there watching it and I would love it because it just that kind of thing fascinates me. But I think things are going as accordingly. I've said it from the top. There's not a better move than having Nat at the helm of this company. Listening to him on a show like Sports Cards Live was validation for me and my confidence towards PSA Collectors Universe and what they're doing. I'm just very bullish. I mean, I, you know, my, my mentality is, stay optimistic and until something leads me to not be optimistic and Nat and what he's done so far has been, it's awesome. And I love his honesty and transparency. I talked about being on Dr. Beckett's pod, man, he, he gets it in 15 minutes, huh? I know shout out to anyone else who's out there listening. Who's been on his pod quick hits. Let's go. And I had fun talking with him. Absolute honor. Certainly something when I started this show, I never thought I would be doing. But go check out Sports Cards Insights. Check out his pod. He's bringing on great guests, a lot more insightful than your host of the Stacking Slabs podcast. But I um, had fun with that. And I talked about auction houses. I think auction houses is a topic of conversation. I put out a poll on my Instagram account, and the percentage of people that had not bought cards is an, at an auction house this year, I think, was. of my audience who responded to the poll had. That was just maybe about the right percentage that I expected. I don't know. I found that interesting. But I I find the auction houses and what Ken's doing, Ken Golden, and um, the emergence of some of these other auction houses that have been here for a while but now are maybe getting a little more attention, I found it interesting. So I wanted to talk about it. I'm going to continue to talk about it. I signed up for Golden recently and just having the ability to bid on some of these cards. And like my punchline to everybody out there, whether it's Golden, um, Leland, Heritage, uh, you know, PWCC, go across the board. Whatever the 
auction house or whoever's putting it out there, the one thing I would say is like, do not be intimidated. Do not be intimidated by trying to sign up because what you will find is that there are cards that those auction houses are putting up for auction that you probably would be interested in and you fit probably within your budget, but you just don't know because what happens is the marketing behind the auction houses is typically centered around the big boy sales and the banger cards and the front page and the hobby headlines. And it's those things that, you know, for those things, it's the intention behind that is to let people see that. And then people who maybe not be in sports cards are be like, wow, look at these record breaking sales. Maybe I should go check out sports cards. I could look. If I own that card, maybe I, you know, I make a lot of money, you know, and go down this rabbit hole. And then I think for like collectors and people that are maybe not spending thousands of dollars every day on cards, it can seem a little intimidating. But what I can tell you is that like when you have an auction going and there's like 3,200 items, there's going to be items on pages 17, 18, 19, 20 that aren't on the front page of the news that might fit within your PC and you might say, you know what? Those cards, not really out of my price range at all. So I think there's a lot of opportunity with auction houses and and operating outside of eBay right now. Personally, I would be on that list that has not purchased through one of these auction houses, but I have tried to. So that I just think there's some awareness and a, a narrative around auction houses that should be, it's not just all about the bangers. There's a lot of cards in there. Um, and you should go spend some time digging through because I think they can be a really good source of finding cards that fit within your PC and are going to make you really, really happy. I'm big on conviction, man. I said, don't let outside influence deny your conviction. Who cares if they aren't talking about it, that's opportunity. It's just you in the car. Buying low is a benefit. Buying because it makes you happy is another. Be first to it. Be crazy to others. I think we all need to be crazy to others. Have people look at what we're doing and say, what the hell are you doing, man? Like, what are you doing? Why would you be buying this player? Why would you be buying this card? Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. When you take a step back, and people are questioning your activity and what you're doing, I think that's the best kind of activity because people aren't used to seeing someone do something different. And when someone is doing something different, immediately the thought is, well, they might not, it might not hit them immediately, but mentally and the psychology behind it is, oh, like you're doing that. Like that doesn't make any sense. Like I haven't seen anyone else do that. And I think That is my feedback to you is don't be concerned or be scared. If you have a passion and conviction for players or cards that no one else in the hobby is talking about and you're buying these cards and they're not that expensive and you're like, why am I like if you should focus on that and don't let any other person's feedback or narrative control your conviction. I'm going through this right now. I'm going through this right now with Carson Wentz. You would not believe the amount of comments, messages. It's amazing how 
I, I it's just amazing how people go out of their way to comment on this too. But the amount of people that tell me that I'm insane, their judgment to me is I'm insane because let me I'm just gonna zoom out of this because they don't peel they don't go a couple levels beneath the situation. People are so just used to the last thing they saw. And even people that might not have been Eagles fans and maybe are Cowboys fans and just call them a bum. It's just amazing how some people communicate to people that they don't even know about what, what, I, what I'm or what you're collecting. I'm sure I'm not the only one who's experienced this. I wanted to collect a player that I'm going to be rooting for each week, and it's a new lane for me. And I think there's three Ps. It's passion, pursuit, and price. And when those things line up, it's an amazing and incredible feeling. It's getting into the groove. I think I can buy cards that I want that are look cool, that I'm attached to, that are within a price that is, I would say, affordable based on some of the other things I'm, I'm purchasing. That's when the conviction grows stronger. I do this and I make these purchases and I'm this, the wince is just the case study here. I do this because... I do think it's going to work out, but if it doesn't work out, I don't put myself in the position where I'm like, all of a sudden I don't have money to pay my mortgage. Like that's not how it works for me. It, it does not. Is there some risk and gamble in there? For sure. But I have built in within my system that I can take risk and if cards go down or whatever. But the fact of the matter is, is I'm buying at lows right now. and. I don't really give a shit what anyone thinks and to, to like double down on it. I don't really care. Like, yeah, of course I want these cards to go up, but it's more about attaching myself to a new player that is on my favorite team that I'm going to be watching every week. And I know each and every one of you out there have similar situations where there's guys you collect because you believe in them and they play on your team. I can't predict the future, but I love having these cards right now. And it makes the anticipation for this season and the sport that I love even better. It's a full circle and a full culmination. I've got a team that I'm fired up about. I'm a season ticket holder, got a new quarterback. So why in the hell wouldn't I get some sports cards to represent that? I love to tie players with cards that I'm buying. Players on my team, young players that I believe in, putting on the damn nostalgia goggles and saying, this player when I was 10 years old, made me feel good and it made me happy. That is what I want to influence my buying. I don't want other people to influence my buying. That is for the birds. That is pandemic wave of sports cards and influencers in the hobby. Gone are those days. Enter the days of thinking like an owner and being an individual and being unique and buying sports cards that not only make us happy, but sports cards that we can lean on to take us to these next levels and so damn it that's how I feel and I feel and I hope that anyone who hears this message can relate and if you hear this message and you can relate more power to you baby keep collecting those sets the products the players that no one else is paying attention to but you believe in because of your passion pursuit and the price is right I think there's so many people in the hobby who do a good, really good job of this. I love hearing explanations of people and why they buy the cards that they buy. It's really important. I think, you know, I just feel like he's been doing a lot of 
dropped a podcast that I liked last week. And I've told him, I said, like, when you're in these question and answer situations, I think, I think you're really good at this. And this is, this is a good, good area for you when you can be thoughtful with how you respond to these questions about cars. But, um, Adam basketball car fanatic, real 27 guy, I think he does a great job of explaining why he buys certain cards and players. And, you know, just listening to someone like him explain his method to his madness is it's good. And I think we all should just be listening to not only what's going on in our head, but other people who've been in the game for a while, because at the end of the day, I think that's good operating. I got Coleman from Coleman's cards on stacking slabs this Friday. I'm real fired up for it. He's a guy I've been following for a while. He's a guy that has a good brand. A lot of people I know talk about him. I've been watching him on different shows. We're going to talk about the dealer perspective operating at shows, and I think there's going to be a lot of good insights that is going to be shared with the rest of you. The national preparation. There's going to be a road to the national on stacking slabs. I know a lot of people out there are going, so I'm going to try to bring in some vets to talk about the national show prep, that is a topic that is near and dear to my heart because I want to make sure everybody out there has as much information and has gathered as many insights as humanly possible before you step foot into that monstrosity and get completely overwhelmed. I promise you, you're going to be overwhelmed. And then also too, like Golden just had a round, put out a round, go check out Golden, go check out other auctions. I just talked about it. And I, I think, uh, you know, it's just good. It's good hobby operating to know what's going on and seeing what cards are, are, are for sale. And I want to shout out, this was cool. Probably the coolest thing I saw on Instagram this week was Bennett at Devin Curran posting his green Tim Duncan PMG BGS 8. Oh, baby. Got a chance to uh, grab a bite with him. Um, when, when we were in, at the national and it was just fun. Like we, we had not interacted much. I had watched him on um, an episode with, with him on cardboard Chronicles a while ago. And that literally was the only way I, like I knew him. And then he was there and I met him and um, we were just got caught up in a conversation. He's like, yeah, yeah. I bought the, the, the Tim Duncan green PMG at gold. <laughs> I was like, you were that guy. I mean, everyone in the hobby was talking about that. So He's got a passion and an affinity for the PMG product. Um, I think it was a Rodney Rogers. He bought a green at, in Dallas. He was able to find one of those. So congrats to you, brother. Uh, hell of a card. Man, that's a banger. Um, I love that kind of stuff. So go check out Devin Courant if you're not already. You know I got to sprinkle in a little bit of wrestling talk. This was interesting this week. So I am tracking, and I try to do my damnedest to track wrestling card sales on a regular basis and do whatever I can with my platform to bring awareness to these sales because I want people to know that there is a lot of energy and there is a lot of activity and sales within the wrestling card market. I I can't tell you I get lost in this market and I think it is there's passionate people that are buying, selling, trading, collecting, you name it but we're still not on that like let's get out there and let's start buying big cards that we believe in because they're unique 
to the the market and they're limited and scarce like that's where i see there's a ton of opportunity i there is a tremendous opportunity i think in modern product that is limited and scarce and there are people that are the performers that are memorable performers that people grew up on not just my my era of pe- my era of like oh yeah we grew up with hogan we grew up with you know andre the giant like yes then there's been other waves of people growing up with wrestling and i think there's a lot of opportunity buying cards that are limited and scarce i could do a whole other podcast on that but i saw a sale and this was interesting and i'm just going to use stacking slash podcast to bring awareness to this because it's this just an interesting topic i saw a sale it was a 1985 tops hogan authenticated by psa autograph 10 authenticated no grade sold for 2250 not $22.50, $2,250. Now, I saw this sale, and immediately I took to Twitter. My man, David Peck, I threw it out there. I said, hey, man, what do you think of this sale? And I was interested to get his perspective. And when I sent the tweet out, basically, my mentality when I saw the sale, I thought to myself, huh, like that Hogan card, which is readily available, like I've got seven or 885 Tops Hogan's at PSA right now. Um, it's an, a readily available card. With Vintage, you're, 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 the battle and the game is more on the grade, right? So if, if you've got a readily available card, people are competing to get the highest grade possible. So the fact that this card wasn't, wasn't even given a numerical grade, it, it was authenticated, but given the autograph 10, like my mentality first was, okay, I know Hogan signs. Like I can go down to the beat shop and get his auto. And I know I have this card. So do others. And I know I could just, you know, make sure he had a good pen, be there in person or send it to them and um, make sure, you know, Hogan would sign it and it would, you know, that signature would be strong and get that 10. And so I think to myself, huh, like it's a little bit of junk slab era vibe in a way. And I'm not trying to discount this card in the seller at all, like, or the buyer. But what I am doing is that, like, it's interesting because that is something that right now, if I if I really wanted to do this, I could go get an 85 Hogan Tops card. I could go then get it autographed by Hogan, pay a little bit, and then I could then go get it authenticated by PSA and get an autograph graded 10, no numerical grade. And could I really sell it for over $2,000? That just happened. And so I think when I put this out there, the thread really got around the fact that a lot of people might not realize the uneducated that the the um, that the card was not graded a ten. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe the buyer didn't even care. But I just think seeing things like that and saying something and talking about it is important. It's important in a community of collectors that outside of, you know, Rob England's David Peck's like, it's not, not everybody is grading. Like what we saw last year with basketball cards and prisms, like grading is somewhat new. And I think I've been hearing some things of people and using their platforms to promote just grading junk and trying to make a buck out of it, which isn't cool. So 
whatever what I'm gonna do, if you're into wrestling cards and you're you ha you're not into grading or you haven't been, like hopefully I can be a resource for you to, you know, have a conversation and talk to you about my experiences, what I think. I'm not an expert, but I do lean on people that um do have um knowledge. And again, like I led with this from the top on the wrestling card front. Don't just buy what everyone else is buying. There are opportunities just like me buying up parallels and of Carson Wentz and rookies. There and not a lot of other people are doing that. There are plenty of opportunity that if you're in wrestling cards for the long game, you can create your own path based on some basic principles, basic passion that you have in and uh things that are happening in other segments of the market. I'm getting my Tom's Chrome hobby boxes hopefully this week. I can't wait to rip those. I haven't ripped cards since Dallas, which actually I don't rip much. I'm not I do, I do not rip much, but I when I can get a hobby box of Tops Chrome WWE for 125 bucks or whatever I paid for it. I'm going to do it. So I'm going to be talking about that. Um, I'm excited to rip that product. Everyone loves Tops Chrome. I think Tops Chrome last year in WWE was an amazing product. I had some good hits. I'm excited about that. I just booked my damn travel. I'm going to Vegas, baby. SummerSlam, Las freaking Vegas. I booked my travel. I'm going to be out there in the madness with the WWE universe. I'm fired up. I'm going with some degenerate wrestling friends. We don't know where we're staying yet. We're going to maybe do a package, but I cannot wait to be in the stadium. They're, so It's hosted at uh, where the Raiders are playing, so new stadium. Get to experience that. It's going to be a wham-bam, thank you, ma'am, of a trip, but I'm fired up. We're back to normal, baby. And AEW All Out's the other one in Chicago on my list. I love being back in action and hitting the trail. All right. Let's talk a little bit about football cards to kind of round this out. I saw a mind-blowing sale this week, and there hasn't been as many mind-blowing sales, right? Because we're in the dip and the sky is falling. Just kidding. We're, we're, we're in a little bit of a pullback. It's okay if you're passionate and you like sports cards. No sweat, baby. No sweat. Wait it out. But when, I, when we haven't seen these record-breaking sales every day, the one thing that I do notice, and it catches my attention when I – when there's a card that sells for an all-time high, and especially when it's a raw card. So there was a Patrick Mahomes, shout-out card ladder, shout-out card ladder team for the insights into the sale. There's a Patrick Mahomes orange prism rookie out of 275 that sold for over 6K raw this week. 6K for a raw card, man. Talk about confidence and talk about kahunas on that buyer. But I love that because stuff like that shows the type of confidence that people have in a player like Patrick Mahomes. And you should be cheering for that if you like football cards. Cheering for that type of sales will inevitably, no matter who, I collect Carson Wentz, okay? That's going to eventually help out the Carson Wentz market. So I saw that sale and it said, you know what? This is awesome. People are buying football cards. People are buying raw football cards. And it got me to think, and I think, I have been a voice and I've been a proud voice of the football cards this entire year. I've been talking about it maybe every episode this entire year since the Super Bowl because it's a passion of mine, because I believe in the market, I believe in the sport, 
And I know a lot of other people out there too. And a lot of other people might not have gone all in because they've said, well, but basketball is the revenue generator and basketball is what most people are paying attention to. And football cards will probably never surmount basketball cards, nor am I going to use my platform to try to make that happen. Why? Because I love basketball cards too. But I just think football cards, the collectors in football are full of passion. They've been burned. They they're, they they stayed, they're riding that wave. And just when I'm sliding into people's DMs and I'm getting educated, I'm talking to a lot of football card collectors. And I think talking about the 97 PMGs, we're going to talk about that. But I think there's a lot of nostalgia in the era of football for people that are of my age demographic. We grew up with Madden. We grew up with Madden football. Tech Mobile first, right? Not going to, not going to, discount tech mobile, but we, we grew up with Madden football. We can even maybe sprinkle on a quarterback club in there. Shout out quarterback club. Um, but just, we grew up in this era of video games, Pat Summerall, John Madden memories from me of going to the RCA dome early to see these guys. First memories of professional football was, you know, through this group of guys that are part of the 97 97 PMGs. And I think the 97 PMGs in football have certainly not and probably never will gain the notoriety of their basketball counterpart because basketball just in general is more popular than football and sports cards. And people could say, well, football's the parallels. There's, it's of 150. There's more of them. Yeah, you could say whatever you want, but I think the gap the gap in the story I already tell, always tell is when I bought my Marvin Harrison 97 PMG Red, PMG Red 97 BGS 8.5, when I bought that card and got that tip from Sierra at California Card Collector, I remember him saying, and I said this on Jake's show, he said, well, you, or you could have the Rod Strickland for three times more. I mean, come on. No, not discounting Rod Strickland, but you know, there is a mar- the market and there's a more of a market for the basketball product. But Marvin Harrison, man, that's I grew up watching him. I, he's one of my favorite players of all time. And I had the opportunity to buy his red PMG and I jumped on it. And I think when I was getting back into the hobby, there was all of this talk. I couldn't go anywhere without listening to collectors and talk about and share their reverence towards the PMG basketball conversation there's a prestige and honor with that i think every podcast every video of true collectors that i talked about um were into it and they were taught and there's chase for commons and they're highly desired commons players that you know maybe weren't the stars of their team supporting players and i just find it interesting but i will say this when you get one of those things in hand if you've not had a pmg red or green in hand, you've got to experience it, man. It is a beautiful thing. And I'm so happy whenever I'm down, whenever I'm down, I just go up to the hobby room, grab my Marvin, and it makes me smile every time. But I think, and I just want to say, if you're out there and you like football like I like football, go dig into the 97 football set. Go dig into that. I just, before I hopped on, I looked at some sales. So like the TO BGS 8 sold for 3200 Michael Irvin BGS 8 just sold for 1500 
Chris Carter Raw just sold for five five hundred. I mean, go look at that and go look at the basketball counterparts of those players. It'll shake you a little bit. But then I look and if you look, I I was like, all right, let me look at this. And I looked down at the roster. I looked down at the roster. Over thirty Hall of Fame football players in that group. People say I want to buy Hall of Famers. Well, look at where you're at. Go look at the '97 class. So I just wanted to bring some awareness to this, to PMG football. I think it's just a fun, there's a lot there. If you like football like me, go dig in and see if, find your favorite player. Maybe, maybe it's maybe he's not through the moon right now, but I think if you're for, I'm sharing it because of what, how, how important that Marvin Harrison card for me is. And how I know a lot of people listening to this show growing up in that time, there's a lot of players in those 30-plus Hall of Famers that you grew up with. Maybe you can find their card on the cheap or relative. I got a couple questions this week that I'd like to address. Shout out my man's Drake's PC. He asked me what qualities attract you to an insert parallel auto or patch card. This was a good question, and it had caused me to reflect. But I think first and foremost, the number one quality would be scarcity. I don't want other people, or I want as few people as possible to have the cards that I want. I'm doing a reevaluation of my PC based on this. So I think scarcity, I like to buy cards that are so scarce that the grades don't necessarily matter. So it's all about the cards. So it's like, oh, wow, this card popped up. Yeah, it's graded, and I'm going to want it graded, but the grade doesn't matter. The fact that I have one of these, that's what's important to me. And then if you want to take it a step further off of, you know, what would the next level be? I I like the shine. I'm a shine guy. Put on the shades, man. I like the shine. I like That's why I like the Kaboom. I like the Galactic. I like, you know, the Golds. I like the shiny stuff, and I think scarcity and shine is typically a direction that I'm going to go. And, of course, you know i got to promote that on Card Auto. Mostly 90s basketball cards. Besides eBay, where are you looking for your cards? Mentioned it, auction houses. Go look at auction houses. Dig through the listings. Everyone should be doing this. And also, people on IG. A lot of my information is coming through people on IG. That's why networking and information is critical. Want to round it out here. Coming from a place of abundance is always helpful when working deals. It's okay to give up more value if it gets you the card you want. Don't just think about the deal in front of you. Consider a relationship. Give up some now and gain more down the road. Some perspective to share. Think about things in the long game and not just the short term. The more I've done that, the more successful cards I've acquired, the more stronger relationships I have built. If you like what you're hearing on Stacking Slabs, hit that subscribe button. Follow me on IG at Stacking Slabs. Make sure you go do that. Sign up for the weekly rip. Take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. And I'll be back on Friday with another conversation. Peace out.